Well, praise the Lord. Good day to you. Welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us whenever it is you found us online. And uh, we're just excited to be in God's Word today and every day. That's where we will be in God's Word. That's where we will be uh, share. That's what we will be sharing. It's where we will be found walking in each day. And every conversation that comes around, uh, we are attempting to bring it to the Word of God. Bring the word, the word of God into every conversation. Because really, when it's all said and done and the dust settles and everything is finished, at the end of this age, the only thing that will have lasted, the only thing that will have made it to the end is the Word of God. And all the fruit that has been brought about through the Word of God. I hope you know that. And uh, so uh, we are every Monday and morning, every, every Monday and Thursday morning, struggling here this morning a little bit. We have our Hebrews Bible study at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So uh, help share the broadcast. Others might learn the Word of God as it is in truth and shows us the righteousness of Christ. And and uh, we're just so thankful. Uh, we've been doing this for quite some time now, and, and the Lord continually blesses these broadcasts and pours out upon the table that which we need every time we get together. And so if you're anywhere near Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas, I want to invite you to come and be with us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 6.40 p.m., in, a, in an age where most of the church is, is gone into apostasy, there are still believers who want to gather according to God's word and praise him and worship him and, and, and be uh, learning the word of God through a gift that God has set in the pulpit in, in these churches in these last days. And so come and be a part of what God's doing here if you live in this region. And uh, we're just so thankful for everything God's given us to be able to do. This weekend, Robin and I will be in Dublin, Georgia with the wonderful uh, folks of uh, Crossway Fellowship there. And Pastors Scotty and Nicole Williams. And uh, we've been there four or five times in a couple of camp meetings, determined camp meetings there over the last couple of years. And just a wonderful place to be among those of this like precious faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, preaching the message of the cross and uh, just becoming more and more determined every day. And we really look forward to being with them this weekend. So if you're anywhere near Dublin, Georgia, come on out. And be a part of what the Lord surely will be found in our midst doing this Saturday night and Sunday morning. My son Andrew will be here at Crossway Church this sun coming Sunday morning. So uh, come on out and hear the young preacher put the bread on the table. And I'm sure the Lord's going to use him to do that. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. We are uh, in about the... Uh, fifth verse. We're a little bit further than that along, but I want to start there and roll down through a few verses today so we can find more of this limitless, limitless treasure of Jesus Christ we're finding in the great book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, 
this is part five today on the 17th day of March, 2022. So, verse five, the only reason I'm backing up this far is because I want us to see that it is talking about Jesus and that it is Jesus prophetically speaking. Because what we're reading here in this portion of Scripture is what our Lord prophesied by His Spirit way back in the 40th chapter of Psalms through David. (coughs) So the Holy Spirit brings a reminder of that which has already been spoken into our view so that we can have a, a better picture. Anything that we go back and look at in the Old Covenant, because we're getting uh, a view in the New Covenant, everything we the Holy Spirit reaches back to bring to the table in the New Covenant broadens our scope. It, it, it makes brighter the view that we have, and, and it gives us a greater understanding of who we really are in Christ, who He really is in us, all based on what He did for us at Calvary. And that's always the view, my friend. It's always the view or the view is distorted and, 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 and things have to start being made up and we move into a place of pretending. If we're not seeing Jesus and what he did at Calvary when we're in the Word, then we're not seeing what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us ever, ever. He only glorifies Christ and he bears witness with the blood. Hallelujah. Let's don't ever forget that. So, verse 5, just so we can see the scripture is talking about Jesus and what Jesus would be talking about way back in Psalms chapter 40 brought to light here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, that's Jesus, he says... Sacrifice and offering you desired not, but a body have you prepared me. Jesus came into the world, and this is what Jesus said as he came into the world concerning his self and his Father's will for him and his Father's desire that, 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 that he didn't desire sacrifice and offering, but he prepared Christ a body. And then he says in verse 6, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have had no pleasure. That's something all Christians need to know. God never had pleasure in the burnt offerings and the sacrifices under the old covenant in and of themselves. He was pleased only if there was faith in the heart of the people offering the sacrifices in the promise of, of life that would come through the Redeemer, the seed of the woman that had been promised all the way back in the Garden of Eden to fallen Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15. Verse 7, Then said, here he is saying that he is speaking again, Then said I, look, see, lo, I come. This is written in Psalms 40, verse 7. Here we're reading it in Hebrews 10, verse 7. Then said I, speaks Jesus, Lo, look, behold, look, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me 
to do thy will. Oh God, it's very important for today's session. To do thy will, O God. Now see, he's talking about him coming into the world, Jesus Christ our Savior, to do the will of God. And that will of God is only going to take place in what he does in his body that God prepared for him. Not a body like we have. It was partly the same. But remember, Jesus didn't have a sin nature because he wasn't reproduced after men. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. That means God took his incorruptible seed, the incorruptible living word of God, who he is, and put himself in the womb of a virgin. That's how the seed, the incorruptible seed, the incorruptible living word of God got placed in the woman. Remember the promise in Genesis 3.15? The seed of the woman. Women don't have reproducing seeds. We men carry that. But Jesus didn't come on the scene. He didn't come into the world by a reproduction system that men have been given by God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he comes very important, to do thy will, O God. Watch now, verse 8. Above when he said, sacrifice an offering and burn offering, an offering for sin you desired not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, he's repeating himself, I hope you and I can see the vision of words being repeated. If something is being repeated, that means we need to see why he's repeating it. The vision needs to be larger for us. Amen. Verse 9, Then said he, Lo, look, behold, see this thing. I come to do thy will. There it is again. I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. God took away the first covenant, abolished it, put it away, nailed it to the cross in the body of Jesus Christ that was prepared for him to be the ending of all things that he once began at the same time on the cross there in death becoming the very beginning of all things that God would do and be eternally for his people. The cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, was the curtain being pulled on everything before. And the curtain, and it's an eternal new curtain that's been raised. And, and this new act, this, this second, this new covenant will never have the curtain pulled on it, my friend. It is the everlasting covenant offered by the everlasting God. Hallelujah. Because of his everlasting love to make things right with men so that his everlasting will could be carried out, but it had to be done by Jesus to be offered to us. He came to do the will of God. He had to have a body prepared for him to do it, which speaks of what he would offer at Calvary, his body, suffering in his body. 
his body dying. Get that now. Watch this. Let's read verse 9 again. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. What is thy will? He takes away the first that he may establish the second. And you, you must need focus on this a lot, all the time, that at the cross is where God ended and took away the old. He's not going to pour new wine in old wineskins, my friend. If we go back and start dabbling under the law, that's something God has already taken away. You don't want to be involved in what God has taken away. You want to be involved in what God is establishing now. And Jesus Christ offering his body on the cross was God's declaration of his righteousness and offer of his righteousness only there in the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that he establishes his people only in that righteousness. Isaiah 54 and 14. You need to read that. God establishes his people in righteousness. Hebrews 13 and 9. God tells us he establishes his people with grace, but in righteousness. That, that's not the same thing. They both have to be happening because God doesn't do anything that's not called with grace because he is the spirit of grace. And when he's doing something, it is grace. It is him at work. Hallelujah. But he establishes his people with the grace that Jesus tasted death by. Hebrews 2 and 9, Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God. Grace doesn't flow into my life through any other avenue than through my faith in the cross of Christ. And when my faith is there, and that's what I'm trusting in, the proof and manifestation of that is I deny myself of everything that would hinder me taking up my cross to follow my Jesus. I keep believing in that, trusting in that, depending on that, that I depended on, trusted on, believed in, in the beginning. For that is what is in me, the truth I received in the beginning. And that's the grounds the Holy Spirit has to work in my life. We need to understand that. But So God does everything among his people that he does with grace. But if he's doing something with grace... That means he's doing it in righteousness. And this is exactly what happened on Calvary's cross. Jesus did what he did. He died by the grace of God. Hebrews 2.9 tells us that. So God's righteousness could be declared, Romans 3.25 and 26, and those that believe with the heart unto that righteousness taste that same death crucified with Christ by the grace of God. That grace functions in our life, and in that righteousness, God is establishing his people. It was all birthed and took place there on Calvary's cross. Never forget this, and you really need to learn this, that when Jesus says that he is the beginning and the ending, this right here is the picture. 
He, at the cross in his death, he closed the curtain on the old. The Bible says he took it away. He nailed everything, the, the law and all of our not able to's, all of our unsuccessful attempts, all of our sin because we couldn't obey the law and nailed it to his cross. Hallelujah. He took it out of the way. He became himself in his death the ending of everything he once began that we destroyed. We destroyed it. He didn't. We destroyed it. We became disobedient. And so, therefore, Jesus had to come and have a body prepared for him. He had to do the will of the Father so that you and I could have a brand new beginning in him, the one who is the new and eternal beginning of all that God will ever do, which is eternal. But he had to also become the ending. In his death, everything ended and was put away. That's why when our faith is truly in Christ and his work at Calvary, we are not going back under that which was put away, but we are now involved in that which God is establishing. And he establishes his people. Let me give you the scriptures again in Hebrews 13 and 9 with grace. In Isaiah 54 and 14, in righteousness. Hallelujah. And it has to be that way because every word God has ever spoken is located only in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write that down. These things are crucial that you know as a, as a, as a lover of God and His Word and a, and a heart's desire to grow and learn the truth of God's Word. He only speaks in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. So every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, but yet every word he's ever spoken is only revealed in and through the gospel. Come on now, somebody. This is kindergarten. This is easy. We talk about it all the time because this is really, really, this is unheard of, but it's here is treasure before us. It, it's so simple. It will keep us on the straight and narrow. Hallelujah. It, this is what allows us to know if we're here in truth or not because the Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If we're not seeing righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, then we're not hearing truth. We may be hearing the Bible, but we're not receiving it in its righteous context, or we're not hearing someone deliver it in its righteous context, which means through the gospel, because God's word can't be revealed as truth to you except through the gospel. And that's any of God's word, not just the gospel specific story in the gospels, but all of God's word, none of it can be understood as the Holy Spirit tries to offer it to us without our faith being in and seeing the very light of the scriptures shine through the blood. Remember, it's our righteousness we've been granted in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus that is to us as the light. Uh, Psalms 37, 6. Write these things down. Go look at them with your own eyes and let the Lord show you these wonderful truths that will help keep you the course. It's our righteousness in Christ that is our light. That's why the path he placed us on is a path of righteousness that shines more unto that perfect day. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not just because I quote that, but because the Holy Spirit of truth guides me into all truth, I see his righteousness and he is allowed to guide me on his path of righteousness because God's words are being delivered to me as truth and I'm seeing the righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And Proverbs 4.18 says that that path of the just, that path of the righteous is being made brighter and brighter as the day approaches. What does that mean? That means because we walk by faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God that if faith comes, it's because the spirit of truth is allowed to guide us into all truth because we've, we begin to allow him to show us Christ and him crucified throughout all the scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And the true light, Jesus, begins to shine on the one true straight and narrow path that he offers. Some people have said, you guys just make it too hard for anybody. No, Jesus is the one exclusive way, that being the cross of Jesus, to make it to the Father or or to get in the God's will. Let's read on this morning. But let's read verse 9 before we move on through this. Then said he, speaking of Jesus here, Look, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this today. I hope the Holy Spirit is able to engraft this into your souls today. The will, this will, by the which will, we are sanctified. It's God's will. The new covenant in another place tells us it's God's will that we learn how to possess our bodies in sanctification. That we all learn how to possess our own vessels in sanctification. Here he's describing the only avenue through which we become sanctified because 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 tells us Jesus is our sanctification. He is our sanctification. And if he is our sanctification, and here that we are told that we're sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for everybody, that's what we're being told here. What does that mean to you? Do you hear the Holy Spirit reaching for you, directing you, confirming that you are on the straight and narrow by getting out and leaving all that stuff that refused to point to Christ at all times and his work on Calvary? 
Calvary's cross or maybe you're still stuck in a place and you're still dabbling in everything and you, you hadn't reached that place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified yet. I hope you're headed that direction, my friend. I really do because if you're not headed that direction, you're headed the wrong direction. I don't care who you are. I don't care how well that you've been able to share and teach and expound on the scriptures concerning this very truth of the cross. If you're not becoming more determined to know nothing other, then that means you're coming less determined to know nothing other. And there's only those two directions. So the question is, are we growing in this truth? Is that path of the just becoming brighter for us? Or are we just declaring these things with our lips? Uh, No, this is something that happens in the heart if the heart learns how to continue believing unto righteousness. Glory be to God. So watch this. Jesus is our sanctification. 1 Corinthians 1.30. He is our sanctification. He became that to us, obviously, here through what he did as he offered his body on the tree. Now get that. So if Jesus is our sanctification because he did the will of God by carrying out the will of God for him, fully obeying the will, that the command that God gave him in John 10, 18, he tells us, no man takes my life from me because I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. And Jesus obeyed that commandment fully, fully laying his life down completing and perfecting the will of God so that by the which will, that will he accomplished, we are sanctified through what he did to become fully obedient for us to complete the will of God for us was through the offering of his body on the tree. So let's get this. If 1 Corinthians tell us that we're that Jesus became unto us our sanctification, and in Thessalonians we're told that every man should be learning how to possess his vessel in sanctification, and Jesus did this for us only on the cross, then for us to be experiencing sanctification, that means we're experiencing Christ. But to be experiencing Christ means we're experiencing Him through faith in what He did on the tree. And I'm not referring back to your born-again experience, my friends. I'm, I, I'm referring to today. Today is the day of our salvation. We've been saved from hell, but we're called into this place of sanctification that Jesus is to us. But he is only that to us in the experience of that sanctification if our faith is in what he did to become in experience our sanctification. Now we're sanctified in position. In Christ at the right hand of the Father, we're seated with him in heavenly places right now because he represents us to the fullest degree there, just like he did on Calvary's cross, just like the first Adam did back in the Garden of Eden, it is a place of representation. But we're talking about experience. We're not talking about our position. Because of our position of being redeemed, and declared righteous and given the wisdom of God and being already sanctified 
our experience of these things, God is looking and expecting and commanding us that he see, that he see the fruit of what we, what we claim we have. And we claim that Christ is these things to us, but he is only these things to us in experience if our faith is literally today again in what he did on the tree in death to get us out of what God took away to make us part of what God is now eternally doing and establishing a people, a people that were not a people in his righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So let's read verse 10 again. By the which the which will we are sanctified. That will that Jesus accomplished on the tree in the body that God prepared for him and he came along and laid his life down for the sins of all humanity. Jesus Christ represented every man who will ever have lived on that cross. Every single one of them. Not just believers. They're the ones who will benefit from his representation. But everybody Jesus represented all men. That's what your Bible say if you're a Bible believer in Hebrews 2 and 9, that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. And the Bible says it's not God's will, not God's will that any should perish. Why? Because Jesus did the will of God, perfected the will of God, and that wasn't just for him, that was for us. Hallelujah. To everything he did was for us. He, he completed and perfected the will of God, not because he didn't know how he was guilty. He took our guilty, our fear, our shame, our guilt, our inability, our everything, infirmities, weaknesses were all placed on him, and he perfected and completed the will of God and by that will alone we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all and every priest stands daily in the old way ministering daily and offering oftentimes the same old sacrifices which could never take away sin verse 12 but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Glory be to God. From that point on, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Aren't you glad you tuned in today and heard these wonderful truths of God's Word? Aren't you glad as a believer that, that you can grow with His grace, in His grace, and allow Him to establish you in His righteousness in this new covenant? Because God's not establishing anything that's still hanging on and clinging on to the law. He took that away. It's gone, my friend. That's all make-believe. 
And that and that's the ground the devil operates into. Well, I've got to quit. I, I've gone over just a minute or so. But I praise God for the move of God that's taking place today. For those God is raising up with a determination to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. That's not just dangling uh, 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 fruits and veggies out here and God's getting ready to and God's gonna and God's gonna. God. No, God is. Hallelujah. Those that come to God must believe that He is, hallelujah, not that he's going to be, not that he was. Hebrews tells us those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is. That means today a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this mighty move of God in these last days. If God stirs your heart to sow into good ground, well, we've got some good ground here in Queen City, Texas, right here at Crossway Church. So I encourage you, if God stirs your heart, sow into good ground. Be a part of where God's feeding you the truth of his word and opening your eyes to wonderful truths he's been waiting on you to see all of your life. Hallelujah. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. God bless you.